Hi there, this is Ella Starr with your Key Races and Bets podcast for Saturday, October 22nd, 2022. This Key Race Bet podcast, as always, is brought to you by Amwager.com, a great legal online wagering website with great betting tools and perks. Amwager.com is legal for residents of most states and covers most tracks in North America as well as many around the world. Go to amwager.com, A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com for more information. And you can also get, for free, the companion product of this Key Race and Bets podcast, which is the Key Race and Bets blog, by going to amwager.com, clicking on How to Bet, and Ella Starr's blog. We're going to start with the Perryville Stakes, Race 6 at Keeneland, on Saturday, October 22nd, with a post of 3.40 p.m. Eastern Time. Although Gunite may be the horse to beat with three straight huge efforts in stakes, two of those graded, including a win in the Amsterdam, and with his last three equibase speed figures, a measurement of time of 108, 109, and 110 dominant in the field, I think Provocateur, who opens at 15-1, to 1, has a legitimate shot to post the upset or at least run a lot better than those high odds suggest. Three-year-olds in the fall still have a bit of improving they can do from race to race, sometimes leapfrogging their speed figures in big ways, and that's what I'm hopeful for in the Perryville. Provocateur took three starts to earn his first win, which he did last December with a four-and-a-half length triumph. After a runner-up effort in the Pasco Stakes this past January, Provocateur was given a couple months off to mature. He did just that, first winning the Hutchison Stakes, then missing by a neck in the Gold Fever Stakes. Not disgraced when third to the very tough Jack Crisper in the Grade 1 Woody Stevens Stakes, noting Gunite was beaten by Jack Christopher in August. Provocateur then returned to win the Jersey Shore Stakes in August with a career-best 103 figure before the poorest dirt race of his career when 8th of 13 last month in the Gallant Bob Stakes. Provocateur has since come back to work well, so I think that bad race can be ignored, and in this field with very little early speed, Provocateur can take the Catbird seat in the early stages behind early leader Pinehurst and take over before Gunite gets into high gear hopefully improving to a new career-best effort because that 103 is not that far with improvement from the 108 to 110 that Gunite has run. In the Prairieville Stakes, race 16 will impose 340 Eastern Saturday, October 22nd. I'm going to bet Provocateur to win at 3-1 to one or more. And instead of a place bet, I'm going to play at least for a dollar an exacta back wheel, we call that, of all over Provocateur. That way, if Provocateur runs second, you cash the bet. Then I want to box Provocateur and Gunite for sure, and I'll do that fairly heavily. And then for a smaller amount, I want to box Vacatur and Artorias, the other possible horse, but low odds. And for trifectas here, because Gunite is going to be the prohibitive favorite, I think we can play a trifecta of Gunite over Hoist the Gold, Provocateur, Artorias, B-Doc of Revolution, and use those sa- same horses in second and third. So that's Gunite over Hoist the Gold, Provocateur, Artorias, B-Doc, and Un- Revolution. For the 50-cent minimum trifecta, that's just a $10 bet, and you can play it for a buck for 20 because you're going to get a lot more back than if Gunite wins at less than even money. Moving up to New York for the Hillprint Stakes, the second race on today's Key Races and Bets podcast for Saturday, October 22nd. This is Race 7 at Aqueduct. Post time, 3.48 Eastern. Limited liability continues a pattern of improvement started in April when he made his three-year-old debut following six months off. Coming back in a full field of 12 on grass at Keeneland, limited liability put in a visually impressive rally. From last of 12 with a quarter mile to go, one by a neck at the finish. Moving right up into stakes competition, limited liability. 
Billity finished third in the Penine Ridge Stakes, improving from a 92 figure in the race before that to a 96, and then he improved once again the following month to a 105 figure, even though seventh in the very tough Belmont Derby worth a million bucks. He ran very well rallying from last of 10th to finish third in the Virginia Derby last month, even though running five pass wide in the stretch and being squeezed with about an eighth of a mile to run. That effort earned him a career-best 107 Echo Base figure. Jose Ortiz is the only jockey the horse has ever known and rides him again, and if Ortiz can settle limited liability in the back early stages and find a clear path to run in the lane, they could sweep by the field to win this year's Hill Prince. Unanimous Consent won the first three starts of his career all on grass from September of last year through April of this year. The third of those wins came in the Woodhaven Stakes over this course at Aqueduct, which at the time earned him a career-best 85 figure. One later, he was fourth in the Penine Ridge, a length behind Limited Liability, who was third. And following that, in the Virginia Derby, he once again finished behind Limited Liability, but this time just by a neck, earning the same 107 figure as Limited Liability in that race. As unanimous consent is on the same pattern for further improvement and has proven himself competitive against top three-year-olds on the grass, unanimous consent could be a strong contender here. Celestial City has not faced his stablemate limited liability, both trained by Suge McGahey, all year until now, and his last race 99 figure is short of the 107 earned by limited liability and unanimous consent in their most recent races. Just the same, with the ground-saving rail and only have been worse than third twice in eight races, Celestial City must be respected as a strong contender in this race. That's because his two best races are his last two, and both came after adding blinkers. The first of those was a second-place finish to five-length winner Annapolis in the Saranac Stakes, a race in which Annapolis came back to win the million-dollar Coolmore Turf Mile two weeks ago. The second was when moving from stakes to allowance competition three weeks ago in the Saranac, resulting in a confidence-building win against older, three-year-olds and up, and improving from 91 to 99. Now he's dropping back to three-year-olds only. Jose Lascano rides once more and from the ground-saving rail. Celestial City could be in a better position than his deep-closing stalemate limit liability, so could be in front early in the stretch with a chance to hang on. In the Hillprint Stakes, race 7 at Aqueduct, post 348 on Saturday, October 22nd. I'm going to consider win bets on both limited liability and unanimous consent at 2-1 to one or better. I will bet them both if they're 2-1 to one or higher. And when betting two or more horses to win, we should always try and dutch the bet which means prorate the wagers among the two horses based on the odds. And if you use Amwager.com, you get access to a free and easy-to-use tool for dutching where you can set the amount you want to bet or the amount you want to win, and all the math is done for you. And this is just one of many Turks of Pools tools and perks available at Amwager.com. For the exacta, I want to play limited and liability and unanimous consent over limited liability, unanimous consent, add Celestial City, McKinnon and Grand Sonata. You can also consider playing that same bet as Trifecta with limited liability unanimous consent in the first position and then using limited liability unanimous consent Celestial City, McKinnon and Grand Sonata in second and third. And then I want to also turn it around and play an exact of limited liability unanimous consent Celestial City, McKinnon and Grand Sonata over limited liability and unanimous consent. This way we hit it if they come in first and second, and if limited liability and unanimous consent come in first and second, we win both bets. Finish off this week's Key Races and Bets podcast with the Maryland Millions Classic. Race 11 at Laurel with a post time of 5 p.m. on Saturday, 10 
Let's talk about the favorites first because that's what makes the race playable. Cordmaker opens as the 7-5 favorite. Not only may not run because he's on the also eligible list, he gets a disadvantageous outside post. And if he does run, more importantly, he's been away from the races for eight months. He's never run off a long layoff like this going two turns and appears up against it against horses as good as he is who have run much more recently. The 5-2 second morning line choice, who is likely to be favored if Cordmaker does not run, is our nation on parade, who has never even run at this mile and an eighth distance in his career. He did win his most recent two-turn race on August 2nd, but that was a 40,000 claiming race. And no matter who, how good trainer Jamie Ness is with horses off the claim, there's a lot of question, lots of question about this horse. That makes the race very playable with Torch of Truth, the Poser, and Ain't De Beer Cold, all strong contenders, opening in odds of 10 to 1, 8 to 1, and 6 to 1, respectively. We'll start with Torch of Truth, who stretches out from 7 to 9 furlongs and has won at this distance in January over the track at Laurel with a strong 106 Equibase Speed Figure effort on par with the best in this field. He was off from March to October and had that prep, unlike Cordmaker coming back from eight months off. Torch of Truth finished a half length from second and a length and a half from Prendini in this race last year at odds of 8-1 to one, and is a big shot to post the upset or at least run a lot better than his 10-1 to one starting odds suggest he will in this situation. The Poser has run the two best races of his career in his two most recent starts, finishing a strong the first, a strong win in a dirt route, and the other, a neck loss to Ain't De Beer Cold at Timonium last month. The Poser finished third in this race last year and definitely is in better form coming into this year's race, so has a strong chance to succeed. His last two efforts earned 104 and 102 figures, which are strong enough to ensure another first or second place finish if he can repeat the effort, and his odds are very nice. Ain't De Beer Cold finished second at this distance over the track three back in June, has won twice since, including that race last month at Timonial. Timonium, when beating the poser by a neck. Those two efforts are in 101 and 102 figures, so a bit below what Torch of Truth earned in January, but those are very strong recent figures. Ain't the Beer Cold may run even better because he's a four-year-old and is improving to do physically. In the Maryland Millions Classic Race 11 at Laurel, post 5 p.m. on Saturday, 10-22, I'm going to consider Torch of Truth, the poser, and Ain't the Beer Cold for win bets at 5 or 2 or more. I'm going to bet two of the three, which go off at the highest odds in your post time, at five or two or more. It's a great race because we have suspect favorites. And absolutely, this is another race where betting two horses to win and using a dutching tool like the one which is free and very easy to use in Amwager helps give us an edge. For exactness, I want to box Torch of Truth, the Poser, and Ain't the Beer Cold. And then for the trifecta, I want to throw in that other favorite, Our Nation on Parade, and play a trifecta of Torch of Truth, a box, of Torch of Truth, The Poser, Ain't the Beer Cold, and Our Nation on Parade. If you'd like to get the written version of this Key Races and Bets podcast, which of course is the Key Races and Bets blog, please go to amwager.com, A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com. Click on How to Bet and LSTAR's blog. While you're there, if you're not a member, look around, sign up. It's free. It's legal for residents of most states, and they've got some great tools and benefits for the player. I'll be betting there all weekend. I hope you will too. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.